Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History final. Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you in to Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. As always, my name is Greg Frank. You can get me and all of my gambling picks at Undercover Greg. Uh, joined as always by my partner in crime, Matt Siegel. You can find him on Twitter. At Showtime Cappers, you probably know him as Showtime, the man himself. Matt, hope you had a good weekend. We record on a Monday in the late afternoon, early evening, just prior to Monday Night Football. Uh, You are listening to this on a Tuesday, uh, so we appreciate everybody listening as always. And Matt, as I said, good to be joined with you again. What up, Greg? Great to be back, you know. We got a nice week of basketball this week, actually. You know, a lot of good games in college basketball and NBA during the week. It's nice, you know, since we're going to have the the break from college football madness this weekend. Um, but I, I'm excited for, you know, for basketball this week and, and NFL, you know, still picking up, going entering week 15. There's a lot of uh, playoff races still yet to be determined. And I, I really feel, you know, I'm, we're not going to touch on the NFL too much, but I really feel the NFL is wide open this year. I don't know about you, Greg, but I really do. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you say that because uh, I think we saw, I mean, I don't know about you, but w- you willing to agree that's the most impressive result for the San Francisco 49ers 
of the year, doing it the way they did it, winning a high-scoring game, because we all knew that they could play really good defense, but to win a shootout at the Superdome, that showed me they can win another in another fashion. I, I That was the most impressive result uh, from the NFL so far, was that San Francisco could go into New Orleans and win that kind of game. Uh, if they can win that way, I, I think uh, San Francisco can absolutely win the Super Bowl. So that's what stood out to me. Yeah, I mean, we've seen San Francisco, like you said, pour points up. But in the in the games they poured points up, you know, that was 51-13. to 13. That was a blowout against the Panthers. 37-8, a blowout against the Packers. 41-17, to 17, a blowout against the Bengals. So we've seen them put points up in blowout fashion. But like you said, in a shootout, on the road, uh, second game of, of a back-to-back road, you know, after that tough loss in Baltimore, what a great way to respond and, and to find a way to win, you know, I, I, how many times has Drew Brees lost the game with five touchdowns? I, I don't really know. So hats off to the Niners. That was a great game. Anything else before we jump into the hardwood? Just things that stuck out to you as far as the uh, NFL slate yesterday? Uh, yeah, one one thing for the NFL, you know, we say it's wide open. Or I said that. Do you think that the Ravens are clear favorites, or you agree that it's, you know, uh, it's I even, actually, even though how they're playing, it's wide open? Clear favorites, I wouldn't say so. Like, I, I, I think Kansas City's coming. I mean, I know that uh, the Patriots offense leaves a lot to be desired right now, but to go into Gillette and to win at any time of the year, especially in December, is pretty telling. And Kansas City, let's not forget, uh, did beat Baltimore. It was all the way back in week three. Baltimore didn't have Marcus Peters then. They also didn't have Jimmy Smith in their secondary at that time. So there's maybe not a whole lot to read into that victory, but point being... Uh, Kansas City, to me, is uh, is is very much uh, in this mix in the AFC right now. And and you know what? Like, let's not overlook. I know that it's they may, may not even win the division, but it's time to give the Tennessee Titans and Ryan Tannehill some respect in this race. I mean, what they're doing is just really remarkable. Week in and week out, being able to put up gaudy offensive numbers. Derrick Henry running the way he's running. Normally, we don't think of the Titans as a flashy offensive juggernaut. But, I mean, gosh, they're doing it. And and that's a huge showdown in Nashville against the Houston Texans next week. So, to answer your question, I do think it is a pretty wide open race in both conferences. Because as high as I am on San Francisco, they still might not even win their division. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of cases to be made for a lot of teams. And look, I mean, the Titans have won six out of seven, and they've actually won four straight. And I think some people forgot that that four, uh, that this four straight winning streak started with a home upset, you know, against the Kansas City Chiefs, where they won thirty-five to thirty-two. So, yeah, I don't think the Titans should be counted out. Although, I'm, I, you know, I don't think they're a true contender because at the end of the day, through this, the, these, uh, like I said, no seven week. games, you know. I, they, they've only beaten one playoff team, right? They've only beaten the Chiefs, which is not a knock on them, and it's not a knock. You know, I mean, they got to play the schedule, but at the end of the day, they are beating up on non-playoff teams. So they beat the Chiefs. You know, clearly we'll know if the Titans are for real or not because they play at home against the Texans, at home against the Saints, and on the road against the Titans. So, you know, if the Titans are for real and if Ryan Tannehill's for real, then, you know, go out and win these three games because, hey, you know, if, if they go out and win these three games – he might be talking about Ryan Tannehill uh, in the MVP conversation, which is actually kind of crazy to think about. But but why why not, Greg? I mean, if they were to finish yeah, these next three games and numbers and put up ridiculous yeah. numbers, and if they beat the Texans twice and the Saints, 
you, you got to assume that he probably was a good part in that. And they obviously win the division and they would be sitting at uh, 11 and five. So, I mean, he would definitely be up there, even though we, we know Lamar is a clear front runner. Uh, the Ravens are now that Russell took the loss last night. Yeah, again, I, you know, I think it's a little different than college football. I don't think a loss necessarily matters. I think the stats kind of matter more Fair. Uh, a little bit. And, and don't forget, I mean, the Ravens and, and the Seahawks are only one part. So it's very likely with the same record potentially, uh, you know, to end the year. But I do believe that stats factor in a little more uh, than, than the, than the win loss in, in, in NFL. Uh, I mean, you gotta be a great team. You gotta be in the playoffs, but at the end of the day, Lamar's stats are just stupid. I mean, he would be a top 10 running back, uh, at the running back yeah. position. If he was a running back. So, and he's also passing, but I, I do agree. I don't think the Ravens are just clear. You know, you, you never count out Bill and Bill and Tom over there in, in new England. You can never count them out. Uh, you got Mahomes and Andy Reid. You can't count them out. And like you said, they already beaten the Ravens. And, you know, even though the Texans just had an awful loss to Denver, but you can't count out the winner of the Texans and Titans division because at the end of the day, the Texans still had Deshaun Watson, who's a very special player, Hopkins, uh, you know, Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson on the back. They have playmakers on the offensive end, and you just can't count them out. And the same thing goes for the NFC. That's why I think, you know, just to wrap up the little NFL summary – I think it's wide open. You know, you got the Packers sitting at the top of the division, only one game above the Vikings, a very good Vikings team who probably can make the wild card. Uh, you got the Saints who already clinched the division, a very good Saints team. And then obviously, you know, you got the Beasts, the Niners, and the Seahawks in the West. And now you got the Rams approaching with potential wild card aspirations. You know, they're creeping up on the Vikings. So obviously, I'm not going to talk about the NFC East because the, the battle between the Cowboys and the Eagles is absolutely just pathetic. Um, yeah. But, you know, somehow, some way, whichever team, yeah, (laughs) but somehow we know whichever, uh, somehow, some way, whichever team comes down the division, you know, will end up winning that home. I am uh, very curious to see what the the line's going to be wild card weekend. Plus plus four, plus three, plus four, something like that. Champion versus San Francisco or Seattle. Yeah. No, nothing more than plus four. It can't be more than plus four. Wow. Well, I see. I, I think it could be more than that. But... No, it, no, it, it definitely can't. A good, good example. I mean, you can look back. Maybe I'll be really wrong or spot on. Look when the Seahawks won the division at seven and nine. Uh, you know, maybe what was this? Maybe six, seven years back. I, I forget exactly. But they did win the division at seven and nine. They hosted a home playoff game, and I believe, unless I'm incorrect, I believe I they think did you're... go home, go on to win that game. Um, it, it won the game, yeah, but I, I thought that was like nine and a half New Orleans. Oh, it could have, it could have been. I could be really wrong, and I, I could be mistaken. Um, but you know, this is also, it's also a little bit of a different scenario because I think the consensus around the league is that the Cowboys are a good team. They're just not playing well. Oh, yeah, I mean, they they opened as uh, I think field goal chalk against the Rams next week. That number's been bet down already, but yeah, like, yeah. and I, I, even, I even about the Eagles, now, I, there's consensus that they're good. Even with the Eagles, I think there's a consensus that there is still hope for the Eagles. They just aren't playing well as well because these two teams were both talented last year. And so it's, I think it's just kind of crazy for everyone's mind to think that they've dropped off so much from last year that they still look at last year's results and think this year. And, and, and you know, look, the Eagles have had injuries. The Cowboys have had injuries. So it will be interesting to see. But I, I can't imagine – I mean, look, Greg, if they're going to give me a, a touchdown at home to the Eagles or Cowboys, well – 
you know, sign me up. I, I will be at every single window that allows me to take the maximum because I, uh, a playoff game at home, getting a touchdown. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's easy money for me. With the Seahawks and 49ers, by the way, having to travel across the country after knocking each other. Well, playing not across the, the country if it's Dallas. They're still halfway across the country after what they would have played is damn near a playoff game because that will be playoff atmosphere when they play for the division in uh, week 17. Week 17, sure. Yeah, so, the I mean, last point that I want to make regarding the NFL, uh, you know, you asked me how open do I believe it is, and, and, and um, yes, I do believe that there's good depth in both conferences, but to, to, to be honest, like I think I might say the same thing every year about this league regardless. Like, if you ask me every time of year in the middle of December, you know, who's going to win the Super Bowl, I just don't think this league is never that black and white. It is never cut and dry. And I'll point to two results this year that just blow everybody's minds. Now, ironically, these are both divisional games, but we just talked about this. You talked about the Saints as a top NFC contender and, and Baltimore as the team that everybody's looking up at in the AFC. Well, they got their rear ends kicked by Cleveland of all teams at home. And well, Newark, right, the one thing I will say is they, just at home, I'm sorry. In that game, the Ravens, the Ravens, since that game, the Ravens now have about four or five different defensive starters. So, oh, listen, I understand. I'm just merely trying to say that, you know, I'm, and this is not an indictment of the Ravens. Any given Sunday. Any given, any given Sunday. Sunday. Exactly. Cleveland goes into Baltimore, wins like always is true. And Atlanta uh, goes into New Orleans and blows the doors off them. So, just, you know, weird, and then the, even just happens. like the Dolphins. Oh. Sorry, even like the Dolphins and the Eagles, you know, the Eagles have a chance. To, to, to gain the game back on the Cowboys after the, they lose, they watch the Cowboys lose a pathetic home game to the Bills, and then they and then they they uh, you know couldn't even take care of the Dolphins. Yeah, I understand it was on the road, but still, it, it really is every giving Sunday, and, and I'm really excited. The Eagles to see. were up by two scores in. Yeah, they were up. Yeah, they were up by two scores. Absolutely pathetic. Uh, anyway, let's get to some actual plays and let's get to the hardwood, Greg. Uh, who are you playing tonight on the hardwood? Yeah, so let's start in the association where uh, we have the Philadelphia 76ers and the Denver Nuggets uh, at Wells Fargo Center in South Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a four-point favorite, total of 206.5 I'm seeing. Uh, and I really like the Sixers here. Uh, you look at Philly at home, 12-0 and straight up so far this year. And uh, also, uh, they are a the, against the spread numbers are a little bit different, more than a little actually, 7-5. and five in home games against the spread, but that's still about 60%. And anybody that bets on a daily basis knows if you're hitting 60% against the spread, you are doing mighty good. So I am going to look at Philly as a home team here uh, in, in, you know, I know it's opposite, you know, non-conference here, but minor revenge spot, because if I, I mean, I'm a Sixers fan. I remember watching them go to the mile high city and really let a game get away against Denver, uh, in November that, or it might've been October, but it was early in the season and, and they lost a game to the, uh, Nuggets that I believe it was the first week of November that they really should have won. So I think that the Sixers come out with a purpose much the same way that they did against Toronto on Sunday, similar kind of spot here because the Sixers lost a close game in Toronto earlier this year and they came out really focused on Sunday, right from the jump at home against the Raptors. Game got a little interesting at the end, but the Sixers were the side to have. I think it's going to be the similar thing here. I'll swallow the four and back Philadelphia. Yeah, Greg, I'm all over this with you. Uh, I, I think 
Philadelphia here, I mean, not to mention undefeated at home. And we know Denver's uh, struggles on the road versus at home. Obviously, they they prefer to play at home in the, in the mile high, you know, like you said. Uh, you know, the Sixers, I understand they dropped that game against the Wizards. But other than that, I mean, they've really been rolling. And they're missing Josh Richardson still, but they've – They've been rolling in this in this stretch. I mean, I know they lost that road game in Toronto, but other than that road game and, and the Wizards game, you know, they're 8-2 in their last 10. This Nuggets team is coming in a little struggling, Greg. I understand they've had, you know, a slightly tougher schedule the past couple of games, but nonetheless, they've only won one game in their last five, and that was against the Knicks, and the Knicks are absolutely pathetic. They lost to the Kings, they lost to the Lakers, they lost to the Celtics, and they lost to the Nets. So they're just not doing too well on this road trip. And, you know, this is something I think you've spoken about in previous pods. This is the last game of a road trip for them before they're traveling across country to then come home. On You know, they have an off day Wednesday, and then they come at home and they play Thursday night. This is just an all-sixer spot for me, and I just think Sixers really, you know, run away with this game. And, like you said, a slight revenge spot from blowing that 20 point lead they did, you know, a couple weeks back. They're going to be they're going to be thinking about that and again, they're going to continue their undefeated home winning streak. You can lay the minus 4 here because it's not going to matter. Sixers by at least 8 here. Yeah, and that's another thing. Let's talk a little bit more about the number because we have another game uh with a short line uh on Tuesday night the Washington Wizards uh traveling south to visit the Charlotte Hornets. Uh Washington one and a half point chalk in that one. And Matt and I, before we hopped on the air here, we're discussing that uh, it just feels like in the NBA, for the most part so far, you if you have a line of one possession, let's say, three and a half or less, it really hasn't mattered, at least in looking at the results so far in 2019-2020. If you like the favorite in those kinds of spots, don't hesitate to lay the points. And if you like the dog, then you know think about taking the price on the money line. You'll get a little bit more of a bang for your buck. Because at least so far, the points haven't mattered. And if you think about it, I, I think uh, strategically, there, there is something to be said for that. I, I, we didn't look beyond this, this season. Uh, but if you just think about the concept of a basketball game uh, and how, you know, if you're down by two or three, and you have the ball with 10 seconds left, let's say, and you come up empty and you can't tie the game, well, then you're still going to foul once to make them go to the line and stretch it to a two-score game. Uh, you know, if you're down more than that, it starts to become a little bit more of an uphill battle. And when you get into those final 10 seconds, you're probably just playing it out and you're not fouling. So uh, it seems like easy to think about, but it, it's worth considering when looking at point spreads in the NBA uh, that are short. Yeah, I mean, it's it, like, we, like you said, it's something that we we're talking about, you know, when it's plus three. It would be stupid to say that the points don't matter. But essentially, the points may not matter. You might just be better off playing some of the money on or at least splitting up half and half your bet. That way, you know, if you cover and they lose outright, you just go even. But when you're winning and you go 2-0 on those, then you're, then you're making more because you're hitting on the money line. It's just something to think about, especially in the NBA regular season with so many games. You know, when it gets close down to it, how hard are they really playing sometimes when when it, it, it's a it's a it's a stretch of a game? Are they going to really you know they're down seven or eight? Are they going to come back and cover that three? Odds are probably not. They're just going to roll over. But anyway, 
it's just something interesting to think about, uh, you know, and, and you guys can track it on your own, but just, just take note of how many teams actually are plus three and, and lose by one or two, or you push on that three. It's not many. They often either lose and don't cover the three or they win outright. Totally. Um, let's continue uh, our discussion. Uh, and I, by the way, uh, there is, uh, I think I misspoke. I said three games. There's a fourth game in the NBA as well. Uh, so mention that Wizards Hornets game. Yeah, Atlanta visiting the Miami Heat and the Knicks are on the West Coast uh, playing the Portland Trailblazers. But Matt, uh, whether it's one of those other three games on Tuesday uh, or just some other spots as there's a much bigger card in the association on Wednesday, uh, you know, let's just kind of elaborate a little bit more on just some spots, whether or not they're official plays. What else are you looking at? Uh, the next couple of days in the NBA. Yeah, so you know, there's like I was talking about earlier. There's a couple big games going on. So Wednesday, we got Clippers traveling to Toronto. Uh, that game, you know, top 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 team of the East, top team of the West. Uh, Kawhi's return back to Toronto should be interesting. I expect Kawhi Leonard to play as he did not play Monday night against Indianapolis. Uh, or Indiana Pacers, excuse me. And this is going to be a, a, a very interesting game on ESPN. Kawhi's return going to be high intensity. I don't think imagine there being any bad blood. Obviously, there should be a standing ovation for Kawhi Leonard, who brought the city of Toronto a championship. But nonetheless, I will look to play Toronto in this spot to show Kawhi what he is missing, to show up for Kawhi. And but on the flip side, Greg. This Clippers team is going to rally around Kawhi. They're going to understand how much this game does mean to him. You know, anytime you go in and you play your former team, it means a little more. We've heard multiple, multiple ex-NBA players talk about this. It just, it does mean a little more to when you're playing your ex-team. You want to put on a performance and you want to ultimately win the game because that's why you left to go play somewhere else and now you don't want to come back and drop that game. So it's going to be a hard-fought game on both sides. I expect a great game, but I do like the Raptors to edge out this one. Yeah, and, you know, I think that even though they did win a championship, uh, let's, let's not kid ourselves here. Like, the large majority of this Raptors team has to be pretty motivated here to give their old pal a loss. And, uh, you know, the game is in Toronto. And uh, granted, now something to consider – as well uh, as this game is on Wednesday night. Uh, Toronto would be in a three games and four nights scenario as they played back-to-back Sunday-Monday on the road in Philly, on the road Monday in Chicago, then back home. So, you know, something to consider. Uh, Kind of also makes me, and, you know, we're not, as we record on Monday in the early evening, we don't have uh, lines yet, but that, Angle also kind of makes me look towards the under uh, because you know that you're going to get a Toronto team that is going to really give it a, give it their all defensively in this spot and, you know, offensively, you know, are they going to maybe wear down a little bit in the fourth quarter? So uh, also kind of makes me look at the under uh, in this game as well. But let's go from one L.A. team to the other where we have the Los Angeles Lakers on the road on Monday night. I'm sorry, on Wednesday night against the uh uh, I'm sorry, against the Orlando Magic. And we've seen this Lakers team just line people's wallets the first month and a half of the NBA season. They have not lost a game on the road 
away from Staples Center, which is crazy. They lost their first game of the year against the Clippers, which was technically a road game. Uh, but since then, I mean, they've only lost three games in the first place. So, Matt, I guess I ask you, like, when do we see the Lakers lose a game on the road? We don't. Like, Greg, Greg, real simple. We don't. This Lakers team, you're I'm all in. right in here. I'm all, I'm all in. I Until they are nearing the end of the season – or until they are truly taking load management, which LeBron has came out and which said they're not, right. doing this year, I see this Lakers team on an absolute mission. I, 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 I see a LeBron James that understands that Anthony Davis is the primary scorer and the most important player for the Lakers, but I see a LeBron James that understands how to control the team and lead this team to victory. And... Night in and night out, we think this is the game they're going to drop, and they just come to play every game. They are gunning for that number one seed, it looks like. It seems like they know that that's important to them. And just proving, you know, not to, to say it's crazy that LeBron has something to prove, but that's kind of what he has to do this year with missing the second half of the season last year or the majority of it and, you know, not making the playoffs for what the first time since uh, how long, Greg? His rookie year, maybe. And yeah, rookie year. And and people were doubting him. People were saying he's not the number one. He's not the number two player in the NBA. Oh, it's Giannis. Oh, it's, you know. And LeBron James is just silently reminding everyone, "Hey, I'm still here, and I know how to still dribble a basketball." That's really it. And they are just waxing the floor with teams. Their 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 reconstructed team is is fitting so far i mean they have they have help from everywhere every different game you got you, you're getting your production out of ad and lebron and then someone else just steps up whether it's caruso off the bench whether it's danny green hitting some timely shots you know dwight howard coming in providing some energy or it's kuzma dropping 20 off the bench you know this team has a scorer in kyle kuzma who can drop 20 25 any night and you know they go and they beat Minnesota Timberwolves by by uh, 18 or 17 points, and, and Kyle Kuzma only scored seven off the bench. So this is a very dangerous Lakers team, and this is a team that truly looks like they're on a mission. I don't know when I, I could possibly fade them. I really don't. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm going to agree. And, you know, the a lot of things you mentioned there, uh, I think, ring true about handicapping the NBA right now because you talked about load management and motivation in the NBA regular season. Those are some of the biggest factors right now. And the Lakers do seem to care about these games, and uh, they seem to be into this whole statement-sending thing here in the first half of the NBA season, and they've certainly sent one loud and clear. And then, you you know, you look at their, uh, their neighbors there in the Staples Center, the Clippers, you know, I think anytime you have a Kawhi Leonard on your team, you know, seeding and regular season awards aren't your aren't your thought process in the regular season. I think the Clippers probably look at it as I don't care where we're at, uh, where we got to go, we'll we'll take our chances up against anybody because we think we'll just be good enough when it matters. You know, I'll make a cross sport analogy, and I don't like doing this, but uh, we did just have the college football playoff announced yesterday um, as we sit here on a Monday recording, and. Um, it, it almost feels like the Lakers are, are kind of like Ohio State in football as far as their dominance, where it's like you just don't want to step in front of that freight train. 
and it feels like the the shops are having a difficult time really putting a number on the games for the Lakers because on any given night they can blow teams out and like I saw I watched a little bit of the game on Sunday against Minnesota where the Timberwolves are right there with them for the good majority of the first half and then in the snap of a finger the Lakers end up covering a double digit point spread with relative ease. So Greg, you seem to be reminding me of that Warriors team in 2016 what they call, you know, when they would flip on the switch, right? I don't know if this Lakers team is as lethal because, granted, that yeah, like are they going to win seventy three games or whatever? Like, and, and that Warriors team had, you know, remember they had four All Stars, but and two superstars. And this team just has the two superstars. But when I say just, it's two of the top five players in the NBA. Just how you know, the Warriors did when they had KD and Curry, you know, on. on. But this Lakers team, we've seen LeBron James teams you know, kind of close to the regular season, but this just looks like a very determined LeBron James team. And also, Greg, it's really not just LeBron James. There's just some other players that seem very determined on this team as well. A Dwight Howard, you know, trying to remake his name. A veteran player like JaVale McGee. And Rajon Rondo obviously hurt. But coming, you know, these guys, they want to, you know, they have things to play for too. It's not just LeBron. And not to mention Anthony Davis, you know, being hurt, getting well, all the really- and I mean, they bring over Danny Green from Toronto. And they and Danny, they all have their own kind of little story to them. I feel like and even Alex Caruso, like, come on, you know, that dude's not an NBA player when you look at him, is he? But they all have their own little thing, and they all go out and they play really hard basketball, just like the Bucks and the Bucks dominate. Both of these teams play hard every single game. They don't give up games. That's why they win, and that's why they blow out teams. Anything else in the NBA as far as Wednesday or Thursday is concerned, just kind of spots you're looking at? Yeah, look, I mean, the Pacers and Boston, obviously two teams at the top of the East. Uh, Boston's traveling to Indianapolis, and that's a game, you know, right after. Obviously, we don't know the result of the Clippers-Pacers game yet, but it'll be interesting to see as the Pacers play two playoff teams back – in three-day span, so that game will be interesting. I always like to, you know, in these big games, I like to side with the home crowd, typically, especially uh, the Pacers. They have a good home crowd. And yeah. These one, bigger games, the crowds game, come out. Uh, one other thing on this game, like, we did see these teams play in the first round of the playoffs last year, and Boston swept them, so maybe some revenge. Yeah, a little revenge spot, a little revenge spot. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's another, like, kind of marquee matchup we got going on on Wednesday night. Otherwise, um, I guess, you know, Greg, the other question would be, do the Bucks beat the Pelicans by 40 points? That might be a question. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you're going to play that game and cover, you might as well take an alternate spread on there. That's just some good advice I'd give you because if the Bucks are going to cover, they're going to cover in a big way, that's for sure. Uh, quick note on Thursday, Greg, we see another big matchup of two Titans from the East Sixers traveling to Boston, you know, Al Horford playing against his former team here. So emotions could fly a little. We know, you know these teams have history. You got any early lean for this 8 p.m. TNT game on Thursday night? Yeah, you know, as much as we like to discuss, uh, and we did discuss how well the Sixers have played at home, uh, I mean, it goes without saying that it's it's harder to play on the road than at home. I don't think I'm, you know, it's not rocket science. At that same time, though, uh, the Sixers did... Uh, beat up on Boston pretty good in the season opener, and Boston has been far better 
uh, since that game. Boston's only lost five games. So uh, I, I can only look to the Celtics at home, uh, laying the short number. Line's obviously not out right now, uh, and, and I'm sure that because the Sixers are playing the Nuggets, that that game on Tuesday night probably will have some a factor, and, and so will Boston's game against Indiana. But as of now, still just a lean to the Celtics because you do have Boston on the second leg of a back-to-back, uh, but it, it's probably a Celtics or pass type spot for me uh, and also a, a, a typical uh, under spot as well in a rivalry game with Boston on a back-to-back. So I'd look to the home team uh, and, and the under, uh, but obviously uh, nothing official yet because we don't know where these numbers are at. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I, I would look, you know, obviously, and you were going to depend and see, you know, how these schemes shake out. It would be Boston's uh, second game. As I said, they're playing at uh, the Pacers on Wednesday. But, you know, it would be nice to see a number. I would imagine Boston would be a short home favor, maybe like minus four uh, area, maybe minus anywhere from the minus three to minus five range, probably more like minus three, minus four, though. But I, I would I would lean um, I would lean Boston here just because just because I, I think that, again, we, we spoke about the home crowd intensity. And but again, this is going to also depend on how Boston looks playing that game against the Pacers on Wednesday night because, you know, if that's a hard-fought game, I might look to play the, play the Sixers if they're catching a couple extra points. But we'll, we'll see nonetheless when the number comes out. should be a small home favorite, three to four points. Let's move to the college hardwood where we do have some pretty interesting games on this Tuesday night. I'm going to start with uh, one of the hottest teams in the land, and uh, that is the Baylor Bears uh, at home against the Butler Bulldogs and. I, I, I led with Baylor there, but let's not disrespect the Butler Bulldogs either as they come in to this game undefeated. And, uh, you know, I suppose right there, uh, I, I do kind of draw the line in the sand, though, with Butler in this spot. Baylor, a five-point favorite in this game, and I'm not even going to look to the total. I like the Baylor side at home. Uh, one thing I love to do in college, I think you have to do, in college basketball and college football, you got to look at schedules and you got to look at, uh, you know, who teams have played uh, and to kind of give you some context on the records. Uh, Butler has been good. And, you know, I, the guard, Kamal, Kamar Baldwin's been there a while. He's tough as hell. Uh, but you look at some of the games, they've played some high major programs, but before the Florida game, you know, they played Minnesota, which is a team that lost a lot from its NCAA tournament team last year. Uh, you know, they played Stanford, who, you know, is a high major program, but not really expected to do a, do a ton in the big in the Pac-12. I think they were picked like ninth or 10th somewhere down in, in an area where you wouldn't expect to see Stanford in the big dance. Uh, and then they also played Missouri, who, you know, is, is not the strongest, we'll just say, in the SEC. So some high major competition for Butler, but I'm not sure how good their schedule is. And then you look at Baylor, uh, you know, they lost to Washington on a neutral floor. Washington obviously is uh, a pretty good team. And, you know, that was a very competitive game. And uh, Baylor just won against the Arizona Wildcats, who are, you know, another one of the better teams in the Pac-12. Um, and I think the the rankings here, this will sound a little square, but I think the rankings kind of reflect that while Baylor is the team with one loss, uh, Baylor comes in number 11 in the poll this week. Butler is number 19. Uh, and 
as I said, just some better quality non-conference games. I mentioned the Arizona game. Baylor also with a victory over Villanova in the non-conference. So uh, it is a true road game for Butler, too. Another reason why I think the Bulldogs are saddled with their first loss. I like Baylor minus five for a college play. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any pushback on that play, Greg. I, I, I think that's, um, I think that's a good, I think that's a good look. I, I like the way, um, you know, Baylor handled Arizona. I mean, it was a close game, but I, I, you know, I think they looked pretty good in that game. But nonetheless, Butler has looked good recently, so it should be, um, it should be a good game. I'm actually going to take us to the number one team uh, in the country, playing on neutral site. You know the Madison Square Garden, New York City, and I just Louisville really impressed me with the Michigan win, right, Greg? And then so sure. I thought that they were going to have a letdown spot, not letdown, lose to Pitt. Don't get me wrong, but a letdown, you know, play a close game, not cover, maybe not take them for granted, and they didn't, Greg. They didn't. That showed me something. That showed me this Louisville team is here to ball and they're they're here and they're ready to play uh they've been off since friday so they'll be well well rested i mean this texas tech team has been off since wednesday as well so they'll be well rested but texas tech coming in losing three straight games and they're not covering the last four louisville coming in rolling winning the last five obviously undefeated on the season covering the last three I think Louisville's defense is just too overwhelming for this Texas Tech team. I don't think the stage matters to Louisville in, in Madison Square Garden. They're the number one team. They really proved it when they when they shellacked Michigan after Michigan beat UNC and Gonzaga. And Louisville's on a mission this year. They're, they're going to hold that number one spot for some time, I, I believe so. Yeah, I, you know, I don't hate the play. Uh, I, I, seven is, for me, a little steep because I will put some respect on the Texas Tech name after getting all the way to the national championship game last year. Uh, I, I actually have a different play on the game. I'm going to go under the total of, I'm seeing 131 right now. Uh, you know, just kind of a numbers play. Uh, when you look at the uh, points per game allowed numbers, uh, Texas Tech allowing uh, 65 points per game about so far this year. And I know small sample size uh, to Louisville's 58. You know, so you add that up, you know, and right there, you, you get a number that is obviously lower than the total being posted at uh, 131. And then also, um, last year, Texas Tech got to the national championship game on defense, third in the nation in opponent's points per game. And remember, you know, because Texas Tech and Virginia last year going to that national championship game, there was a stigma that, oh, this is going to be a boring game. You know, two teams that can't score – playing for the national championship. Nobody's going to care. Obviously ended up being a really competitive and a great national championship. Uh, but I do think that, you know, the, it's Chris Beard and that program. It's kind of their, their hallmark, different players, obviously, but still, I think they probably want to do the same kind of identity, which is to lock you down and grind things, grind things out defensively. So I like the under in Texas tech and uh, Louisville. Yeah, I like I like the under as well. I think they would be slightly correlated here, right? I think this would be a game, you know, where if Louisville were to cover, they would truly limit Texas Tech. Uh, you know, I mean, Texas Tech didn't score only sixty against the Paul, scored only sixty-one against Iowa. So I, I would imagine, if I am right about the Louisville cover, that they would be somewhere in in the sixty range, and this would fall, you know, right in the <clears throat> right in the range of, you know. I mean, a little bit lower, more in like the 55 range, you know, 65 
55 some sort. But I do think the total is spot on because I do – this Louisville team can score and they can definitely put up uh, more – a lot of points. But they've been winning by defense. You know, they won 60, with 64 points, 58 uh, their past two games when they played a slightly better opponent. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw like a 65-55 kind of game. I'm going to give out one more college play, and it actually is the second game uh, of the doubleheader at the world's most famous arena, Indiana uh, and Connecticut at Madison Square Garden. And uh, Indiana, two-and-a-half point chalk, total 142-and-a-half in this. I actually am going to take UConn, plus the two-and-a-half. Um, that may not make you happy as an Indiana alum, but I got to do it in this spot. First off, you have to figure uh, a, a, an advantage as far as the crowd is concerned for UConn. I would absolutely cons- think there's going to be more Husky fans at this game, especially the way UConn has started this season. Uh, the Huskies are 6-2 and two on the year. They did have a bad loss against St. Joe's uh, back in the middle of November. Uh, their only other loss was by one point against a pretty good Xavier team. So, uh, you know, 6-2 and two for a brand program like UConn that hired Danny Hurley to get them back to that level of prominence, and, and I think that they are on the way back. Uh, they have a win over Florida, which was pretty impressive in uh, Connecticut earlier this year. Uh, and you know, qu- I question Indiana. They're eight and one, uh, but we talked about how it was a nice spot to play them, and they did uh, get us to the window with the victory over Florida State last week. But then they followed it up. I know it's a road game. Uh, but a Wisconsin team that has already lost four times this year beats Indiana by 20 in Madison uh, over the weekend. So, quite honestly, I look at UConn here uh, coming in. This is next to Florida, probably the uh, best game of Indiana. I'm sorry, of UConn's non-conference schedule. Uh, and so, I think they're going to get really up to make a statement to the country that. You know, the Husky program is on the way back and just in time, too, because they're obviously returning to the Big East. So I, I do like UConn plus the short number. Yeah, um, Greg, I mean, you're going against my my alma mater, Indiana. So obviously I'm going to say that you're going to be dead wrong. You know, listen, <laughs> um, I mean, I there's there's I, I don't have too much of an opinion on this game. Both teams have been playing well. Indiana, yeah, they stumbled. After a big home upset win against FSU, they then go on the road, play a conference game as a small favorite, and lose to Wisconsin. I mean, that is just textbook college basketball. uh, By 20. I mean, that is just textbook college basketball, uh, how how these games and teams work. That is the difference between a Lakers professional team and a – like, the college teams are just not professionals. You got to know that. So, one big win – when they're playing and they're playing, feeding off the energy from the crowd, all of a sudden, then when you travel and you go to another team's gym, it's just a totally different atmosphere. So that's really what happened to Indiana, frankly. And you could have saw that coming from a mile away with Indiana only minus one. And hey, maybe that is a little indicator of what will happen to this Maryland team who is 10 and 0 yeah, minus one say, look out. on the road. Be careful at Penn State. you're I mean, betting Maryland. Yeah, I mean, look, this is just like Indiana. I think either Maryland would blow out this game and and blow them out, or Penn State will blow them out. This this will be a one-sided affair. Is Maryland really, really that good, or are they not as good as we thought they were? They let the crowd get the best of them. Penn State feeds off the crowd, and and they win. Um, But it's a tough game to play because it's so early in the season, you don't truly know how these teams are. But it's clearly a a Penn State or, or pass for me. Um, anyway, 
I, I, Greg, I just, I just can't take, I can't go against Indiana yet just because of that one loss, right? So I need to see one more. Now, you know, if they were to drop this game, then I understand that maybe they're not the team we thought they were, but I can't bail on them from just one tough game against a Wisconsin team who frankly really needed a win because they were sitting at four and sure. four. Yeah. Really sh- they needed a win. They got up for that game and they beat Indiana. If that game was played at Assembly Hall, I promise you it's a different outcome. And I think you can agree there. But nonetheless, I'm not playing this Indiana game. Understood. No, I, I get it. Um, I, I do like the spot for Connecticut. You know, one other thing that I do want to just talk about, you, you mentioned that Maryland-Penn State game and how it could be a little bit of a high-variance game. I think that is something that is more uh, – we see that more in college sports, both football and basketball, where – I mean, let's face it, like – the more games you there you have in a rotation, the harder it's going to be for odds makers to put up fair numbers. And you know how much do they know about these teams either? I mean, they they pro- probably get some inside information here and there. But the reality is, and we we're definitely going to see this. We see this every year with bowl games, uh, which is why I think alternate lines, pleasers, things like that are very intriguing. Because it's just difficult sometimes to put lines on early season college basketball games and and, and end of season bowl games when some teams don't really care to play in them. So uh, just something when considering uh, college college sports, uh, I think that is where we see some more high variance in. Agreed. And that's why I think people always talk about, you know, there's no this goes to college football. There's no point in teasing, teasing college football. The the line. I mean, the lines are just way more on point for the professionals and in NBA and, and and NFL. It's not like it's not it's not a brain brain surgery. You can just see it with the results. You know, how many times does a ten point favorite in the NFL lose by three touchdowns? Now, ironically, you know that happened with Denver and Texans this weekend. But you get what I'm saying. It happens a lot That's more in college because it just because these guys aren't pro players the majority of them aren't making it to the next level. So they can have a great game and then have an awful game the next game. As and the players that, and plus. But like in some cases, you know, we, we last week and not just us, I mean, everybody around the country was talking about how, you know, Ohio state and LSU could have lost and they would have still been in the college football playoff. That's true. But that's also true for the large majority of the regular season for one game, right? Like Oklahoma lost, a game to Kansas State, which got close at the end, but Kansas State was ahead in that game. Like, if you had Kansas State first half, you were never sweating. And, you know, that was the kind of game where, like, all right, if you lose one conference game and you run the table in a Power 5 conference, like, you're still going to have a chance. So sometimes that one game, and I mentioned it with Oklahoma and Kansas State this year, and Oklahoma still got into the playoff. The year before, uh, while Ohio State did not make the playoff in Urban Myers last year, I think it's a similar rationale. They, Ohio State on the road got behind against Purdue as like a 14-point favorite or whatever, and Purdue won the game by like three touchdowns or whatever. So sometimes in college football, in the regular season, you see these teams where, you know, they're undefeated and maybe they just don't have it, they don't start well, and then, you know, they kind of just say, eh, you know, we don't need this one to still make the playoff. As long as we win the rest of our games, we'll be okay. So, again, just don't tease college football. Uh, if you want to please it and look for the better payouts – be my guest. I don't blame you, but uh, just there, there's way too much variance. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and, you know, Greg, not too many marquee matchups on the college hardwood 
uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Um, but this Saturday, you know, we have, uh, which we will touch on a little bit this Friday, but we have a few uh, ranked teams well, going head-to-head. State on Saturday? Uh, no, we have Kentucky and Georgia Tech, um, so kind of okay. shit. Kentucky's got uh, Ohio State soon, though. We, we have Michigan and Oregon are playing two ranked teams there. Memphis and Tennessee, two ranked teams there. Gonzaga, Arizona, two ranked teams there. Um, you know, we have uh, Utah State. Uh, you know, they're only ranked 25, but they're traveling uh, – to, you know, playing BYU, a tough, tough place to play always. So just, just some interesting spots. In-state rivalry scene, all in Rutgers. Just some interesting spots on Saturday. Obviously, Saturday's always big college basketball day. But, you know, hey, nonetheless. We're getting there. Not, I mean, gosh, yeah, we got a no, couple Saturdays of uh, bowl games. And then, uh, you know, in January, yeah. it'll be all college basketball on Saturday. Yeah, I feel, and I feel like, I don't know, I, I feel like they, they – Sometimes you'll plan it out that once the college football is done, you know, we start seeing just every day is ranked matches at the ranked match. And it just, I don't, you know, yeah, I, and I, I do want to mention that, that. Uh, Saturday, the 21st, so one week from this coming Saturday, we do have uh, Ohio State visiting Kentucky in one of the biggest non conference games in college basketball, the way Ohio State has started on the hardwood. So it's a good time to be a Buckeye fan for sure. College football playoff. And their basketball team looks like they might be winning the Big Ten this year. We'll see about yeah, that. I don't, I, you know, I, I don't understand. Is, is, is being number one in football not good enough? I really don't get it. But yeah, I, I guess right. it's not for that. Let's take a break. We'll come back, talk a few NHL spots. And, you know, hey, it might not be the most intriguing Thursday night football game. But that's why you bet on it. Jets and Ravens. We'll talk about that as well here on Full Slate to wrap things up. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves and say things like, I just lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is easy. Go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. All right, we're back here on Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me and all my gambling picks at UndercoverGreg on Twitter. Joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Showtime Cappers, Matt Siegel, at Showtime Cappers is where you can find him on Twitter. Before we get to Thursday Night Football, Baltimore Ravens, New York Jets, uh, National Hockey League. Uh, we do want to quickly discuss some spots. Busy Tuesday night on the ice. Matt, anything you're looking at? Yeah, on the ice, I'm looking at a few spots. I like the Sabres here at home. I think they just, you know, get up for this game against the Blues. Big game. The Sabres, Sabres have, you know, been struggling as of recent. They're two and three in their last five. But the Blues have come in, lost two straight. And I, you know, I just I, I like the Sabers to get up for this game, you know, against the defending Stanley Cup champions. 
Any anytime you're anytime you're playing the yeah. Stanley Cup trivia, you, know, you just you, it's just a little different of a feeling. Yeah, no, no, no pushback there for me on that one. Uh, I, I think it's probably a, a Buffalo or pass spot. I'm going to look to the state of Florida, and I know that it is a back-to-back in which the Lightning uh, played Monday night at home, and then they're staying in state to take on the Panthers. But uh, I'm going to have a hard time passing up the Panthers at about standard juice, seeing them at about minus 109, minus $1.10 uh, at home. Uh Florida comes in having won back-to-back games. Uh, you know, Tampa is a team that, uh, you know, the goal differential looks good uh, at plus 15, so you would assume that, you know, you want to kind of start to expect them to pick it up and play better uh, and pick up some more wins. But uh, it, it's just been a, a middling year so far for the Lightning, 5-4-1 and one in their last 10 uh, before uh, that's before Monday night's game against the Islanders. Of course, they went into Monday night 14, 10, and 3. Tampa Bay and Toronto, uh, just as far as the standings are concerned, and Toronto, I think more so, I mean, the, we've already seen the Maple Leafs make a coaching change. They've been uh, one of the more disappointing teams uh, in the entire NHL. Tampa, uh, I, I would not be uh, writing off by any stretch. They've only played 27 games uh, and to before Monday. And, uh, so th- that's one of the lower amounts in the league. Uh, but rivalry game, uh, Florida playing well, nine, four and two at home. Uh, just a lot lines up lightning. Having played the night before. I do like the Panthers. Yeah, no pushback for me there, Greg. If anything, I, I kind of like the Panthers as well. A slight other spot, you know, it's a higher line I'm looking at, so I might look at regulation. But the du- Ducks have typically struggled on the road, and Minnesota is, is is a pretty good team at home. So just a slight spot, early spot I'm looking at. Obviously, you know, we just want to make sure the goalies check out in these games. But just, a, just another look. And same with the Kings at home, you know, against a Rangers team. <clears throat> coming in to L.A., you know, they just played in Vegas, uh, had a huge win, 5-0. Kings have lost four straight, slight buy low, sell high on the Rangers here. I, I like the Kings at home as, as small favorites. Yeah, and another thing on that Minnesota game, by the way, uh, I uh, live in Minnesota, so I do see some wild here and there. that They've actually been playing really well, and uh, sometimes – those, those are like the wild where a team not many people had a lot of expectations for this year. And then they still obviously miss the playoffs. But, uh, you know, playing a team like Anaheim, who uh, certainly doesn't look to be doing anything this year, Lightning or Wild have been an excellent team bit, bet at home, as you mentioned. Uh, so, yeah, I, I agree. And to get them at less juice to win in regulation makes a lot of sense. But let's wrap things up here and go to the gridiron week 15 in the National Football League getting started in Charm City on Thursday night football. The Baltimore Ravens hosting the New York Jets. Big line here, easily the biggest line on the board for week 15. The Ravens laying some serious lumber, 15-point chalk at home, total of 45 in this one. Um, Just quickly, you know, I, I do like a play, which I'll get to, but Matt, I'll, I'll let you start. Uh, side total, uh, you know, any props you might be looking at, just what are you thinking in this game? Greg, you take you take it, because uh, I, need, I need to hear what you're thinking about this. This is a wild one for me. Yeah, so for me, this is going to be an underplay, uh, because we already saw uh, on, uh, and, and we'll see if he plays, but we already saw on Sunday, that uh, Mark Andrews, the tight end for Baltimore, one of their better pass catchers, uh, left, uh, w- w- was a little dinged up. Short week, 
so that right there, I know that Baltimore is a very run-heavy team, as it is. Um, but it just seems like you think about Baltimore, and they're trying to get the number one seed in the AFC. And there are much larger fish to fry than this game against the Jets. Uh, and quite frankly, I, I, while I feel like this similar handicap could talk me into the Jets with all those points, I, 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 just, I, I just don't know that I want to back Sam Darnold on the road against this kind of defense, which has been turning the corner, right? Like early in the season, it was all Lamar and, you know, all about the Ravens offense. Well, now their defense has been getting it together in the second half as well. We talked earlier in this podcast about the Ravens injuries on defense and they didn't have Marcus Peters. So Baltimore is a complete football team and one that has just been a point spread machine uh, the last six, seven weeks of the year. So we've talked about trains you don't want to step in front of. That's the Ravens for me right now, especially in a primetime game. So I, I can only look to the under here as a play uh, because, like I said, I think that for the Ravens, I don't see them really putting the foot on the gas as far as the offense is concerned. Uh, but, gosh, that was a field goal fest yesterday at the Meadowlands between the Jets and the Ravens. So at the same time, I can't really see the Jets. I mean, if they were kicking field goals against the – I'm sorry, the Jets and the Dolphins was the field goal fest. So at the same time – they aren't going to score touchdowns against the Dolphins, probably not going to do it against Baltimore. So this is going to be an under 45 look for me. Um, you know, Greg, not to go against you, but I'm actually slightly, I'm sorry, going to, going to go against you. I, I, I okay. have to play though. It's not, it's, it's actually really not against you, but it's the Ravens team total over 30 points is what I'm saying. So nonetheless, you can still hit both, but, the Ravens have just played arguably two of the top defenses in the league, right? Would you toss, I mean, I guess the Patriots, but so two of the top five, would you say the Niners and Bills have two of the top five defenses? Well, they played the Patriots and scored a ton on them too. Exactly. I was even, forget about that game. I was saying the two most recent games, they still put up 24 and 20 points against the Niners and the Buffalo Bills. So they're two great defenses before that. We understand they were a scoring machine, scoring over 30 points in their last five games. So I don't see why they can't get back to that 30-point-plus mark at home uh, against the Jets, you know, who have a depleted defense with now the C.J. Mosley obviously been out and now Jamal Adams out with a Jets team that's damn near playing for nothing. The only thing that, like you said, is that do they pull the foot off the gas this Ravens team hasn't done that in one game, so I don't see why they do it here. They ran up every yeah, score. I would say, though, I mean, gosh, if there's a spot that they do it on a short week against the Jets, kind of would be that, right? I mean, we thought it would be uh, against the Bengals when they went on the road there and it was a sandwich in between yeah. two big games, and then they put up 49. You know, I, like, I, I, like, I hear what you're saying, and... and that's why I would prefer to bet on the Ravens team total over rather than the full game over because you know you're getting points from the Ravens. So why even take the over for the full game because then you don't even need to count on the Jets. Maybe, you know, to put our two thinkings together, maybe a first half team total would be a better look, right? You know how we talk about how they, they do. You know the, that the regulars are going to be in there. You know, you know for a fact that I don't see Lamar Jackson coming out. Like, this is a young man who's playing. For, like I don't see unless they're – 
And if he does come out, Greg, they probably have already scored 30. Like, you know, if well, this... let me ask you on that note, like, because you, you're talking about team total over, which would obviously uh, involve Lamar playing the whole game. And, and obviously this point spread does as well at 15. Um, how much do you think the Ravens care about getting Lamar the MVP? The Ravens or Lamar? The Ravens, because they're the ones that are going to make the Greg, decision. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I don't care what these guys say on their interviews. Hardware matters, and it matters to everyone. It matters to you. It matters to me. It matters to everyone. MVP, it, 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 the most valuable player of the National Football League, that is saying you are the number one football – you are the most valuable football player in the world. Because the National Football League is the most is is the best football league in the world. So you, to, to say on on TV and in your interviews, of course they're going to say that because it's all about the team. But at the same time, yes, this means something to Lamar and this means something to the team and the coach and everything. Because not only does it mean it shows that we took a guy who you guys said who all these people said couldn't be a quarterback, and not only sure. has he performed and played the position. We have constructed a team around him that has now made him to the on MVP. his second season. On his second season, now if the Jets—I mean, if the Ravens score twenty-four points or thirty-two points in this game, does that really change my opinion on MVP for Lamar? No. Uh, I mean, I'm going to imagine that they they win this game against the Jets, obviously, and I'm going to pencil them in as winners against the Steelers in Week 17, unless they're benching, unless they're benching their starters because their spots already locked up. But effectively. I, I think a revenge spot against a dead Cleveland team. Effectively, I'm saying I think the Ravens win the next three games. And like I said, unless somehow Ryan Tannehill win, runs the table, because I, I actually, I know it's the craziest thing, but I think Ryan Tannehill might be set up best behind Lamar Jackson to win MVP. And when I say set up best, I mean set up as in the fact that if Ryan Tannehill wins these three games, two against the Texans, then against the Saints, he's got to be in the discussion. I, I don't care I don't know. Maybe, maybe some other award. He's got to win some award because if he goes yeah, wins those three games against the Titans, and, and and he wins those three games against the Titans, what he, I mean, against the Texans and the Saints, what he did for this Titans team is absurd. And you know, I I don't know if it would be MVP, but if he keeps, if he throws another three touchdowns in three straight games, I mean, how can you not talk about him? But back to your main question. I do think that this team wants Lamar Jackson to win MVP. I think, you know, this is their guy. They ride or die for their quarterback. And and what else do they want other than their quarterback to win MVP? Offensive line cannot win an award. You know what award they can win? Their quarterback won MVP. For your quarterback to be a good and win MVP, you need a good offensive line. For your quarterback to be good and win MVP, you need a good running game. For your quarterback to be good and win MVP, you need good uh, skill players from the throw the ball around. It, it, as much as it's an individual player award, it's also a team award. You know, the coaching staff needs to call the the right plays. Like this, this isn't like you know baseball where you hand a guy a ball and 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 he can be calling his own pitches half yeah, the time I mean, and Jacob just go Adam out and strike out. Very much deserved the Cy Young the last two years, and the Mets weren't good either season. It, it, exactly. Find me an MVP team on a team with a losing record or find me an MVP on a team that missed the playoffs in the NFL. It's not going to happen, right? It's just, it's just not how it works. And so, yeah, I do think that this award not only means something to Lamar Jackson, but I think it means something to everyone else because there are other pieces that, that help Lamar get to this level. But nonetheless, I don't think scoring 
you know, against this Jets team, he really factors into that. But I see what you're saying where he runs up his stats. But no, they don't play like that. They don't play to run up Lamar's stats. They, they don't do that. But they play to get in good football form. And from a team that went from scoring 30-plus points in five straight games to then only scoring 20 and 24, I understand against great defenses. They no, kind of get right in a weird way, even though they won those games. Oh, great, Greg, it, it is 100% a get right. This is the NFL. It's any given Sunday. We spoke about that. You lose round one of the playoffs, doesn't fucking matter what you, excuse me, doesn't matter what you did in the regular season, right? So they have three straight games against three very mediocre, I mean, you could call the Browns and Jets below average teams, and they want nothing more to be rolling into the playoffs on what would be, uh, I, I don't know, uh, you know, what, they haven't lost since that Browns game? Three. Yeah, so, what, like 11 in a row? Yeah, yeah. 12 games in a row. That'd be a 12-game winning streak rolling into the playoffs, and, you know, there's nothing more in my mind. And hey, Talk about anything else, that's what this Raven team wants. That's all they're talking about. 12-0 and into the playoffs. 12-0, and because they will win the next three games, and, and I, I think they spank the Jets. Yeah, so, well, right. So that's kind of to put a button on this conversation. Like, I, the reason I ask about them caring about Lamar for MVP is because when you're talking about a Ravens team total over in a game that, you know, we're expecting them to have in the bag in the second half. And when you're talking about a 15-point line, won't be as big when they go to Cleveland, but, you know, it'll still be a pretty big one. And then, uh, you know, if you're talking about big point spreads and and a team total over, then you want Lamar in the game if you're betting anything full game with Baltimore. uh, Don't you discredit RG3, Greg. So you're (laughs) you're saying, though, that, like, that's not a consideration here? Like, you'd be fine with RG3 getting a touchdown if you got to cover a point spread or get a team total over? Um, I mean, Greg, what I'm saying is the, the Ravens beat the Texans 41-7, to and it didn't it didn't even matter because by the time Lamar Jackson was in, they already eclipsed that 30-point The team total, and, and they covered. Yeah, so, yeah. so my point is if Lamar Jackson is out of the game, effectively – I'm going to assume that they would have already eclipsed the 30-point mark. Right. Unless right. you're telling me it's 28 nothing, and then the game is a final 28 nothing, you know, or 27 nothing, which is damn near close to the 30. And if it's 27 nothing and he's taken out, that means, like I said, if we played the first half team total, we would have won. So, effectively, if you're playing the first half team total and the full game team total, unless the it's Ravens— It's going to be hard to go on, too. I see what you're saying. Well, it's just, no, it's going to be hard to lose if they're pulling Lamar. Right, like, like even if they're up twenty four nothing, I don't know how. So, like, they're not gonna. They're gonna. Lamar's gonna start the second half. If they're up twenty four nothing, yeah, you would have then hit your first half team total. But he's still gonna start the second half, and then effectively all you need is one touchdown. And at the end of the day, RG three is still a backup quarterback in the National Football League. So to say that if I had a full quarter needing one touchdown from an RG three, I mean, I'm not saying I would hate it, but I like my chances because. I, I just I find it hard to believe that Lamar is out of this game before already scoring thirty points, because even if it's twenty eight to seven, that's still only a three, three touchdown. Score. Yeah, you're not taking your quarterback out. Good point. You're not taking your quarterback out three touchdowns. You want to know why? Because when you take your quarterback out in the NFL, you you don't want to have to put him back in. That's the last thing you want to do. When he you take him out, he's done. You want you want him to be done for the day. You're not taking him out down three touchdowns. Like I understand. Three touchdowns seems like a lot of lead, but it's crazier things have happened. And so unless you're saying that they're going to win this game 27 or 28, nothing, I just don't see how the Ravens struggle. And I don't see how they get to, how they don't get to the 30 point mark. I just really don't. Well, there you have it. Matt likes the Ravens team total over 
Uh, what, but nonetheless, 30, you can still hit the under. I, I wouldn't be shocked if this game, you know, was, like was 31-7. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. You know, and, and as I'm talking about it, yes, obviously, you can talk about the spread, but I just like the team total because we can still hit the team total and not cover the spread if the Jets were to come to play. Score. No, I, I have totally seen, agree with you. You know, I, I, yeah. just laying big numbers in the NFL, you, you don't want to do it. It plus in this game, you can look at the math, right? So to get to the 30 point mark, I mean, to not get to the 30 point mark and cover the 15, right? So you're telling me they're going to either win this game something like 21 nothing, 24 nothing, or 28 nothing. I, I, I mean, or 28 to set. Like it, 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 it's likely, but my point is if they're rolling, we haven't seen them take their foot off the gas. So I don't see why they would in this contest. Matt, always a pleasure. Looking forward to talking to you again over the weekend. We'll do it again. Always, Greg. Have a good one. All righty. There you have it. Full slate of Blue Wire Gambling Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. And everyone, please play responsibly. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.